are the voyages of the starship Therapize. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. It was? Oh, you. Let's get right to it, shall we? I'm Justine Maston, LMFT Yogini writer, captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard, friends. And I am Laura Sagarski, LMFT writer, researcher, Spockian first officer, and I am here. Just a reminder to listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. It's too late to fix anything now that everything has gone wrong. Thanks to Agatha, naughty Agatha. Welcome back, friends. Last time we were left on a cliffhanger. What will the two of them talk about with the rest of Westview? <laughs> well, now the, the answers. You're going to find out what we have to say about literally everyone else in the show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's what's happening. So welcome back. Strap well, in. Strap in. Um. <laughs> Well, I do think we have differing views of of some of these characters. Yeah. So Yeah, we do. Which that's okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. Not we're not here to we're not here to yuck anybody's yum. We're Mm-mm. here to talk about psychology and chew bubblegum and we're all out of bubblegum. <laughs> we could probably bring, <laughs> blame that on Agatha Harkness too, I think. <laughs> um i so let's start with agatha sure shall we? let's let's that, do it that song mm-hmm. that song was amazing mm-hmm. she okay no i'm giving you my thoughts and feelings yes you are and i i should be i should be much more uh, present and available please continue sharing your feelings <laughs> and i oh my god that voice it's a great voice. It's like that is that is the musical theater, just mm, chef's kiss. It was Agatha all along. You know, you get that uh, the, the vibrato. You know That's how right. long I had to study to get that down. God, a long time is what I'm learning. It's like not quite Ethel Merman, but it's close to Ethel. I just had a flashback of what it would have been like if we had known each other in high school. And, you know, obviously the the ages would have needed to have been like more approximated. Even out. Even out. But I was just, I just had this like sort of like flash, this alternate reality of you and me in high school. And I would be there in the auditorium sitting there trying to do my math homework. (laughs) <laughs> and you would be working on your vibrato and you would be like, which is it better? Is it better like this? And then you'd sing it or like this. And then you'd sing it. And I'd be like, I don't know. We've been here for hours. Can't we just leave? <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I truly, I don't know if we could have been friends back then. 
I don't know. I mean, it's, I do this with um, our producer too, where I, I like to play the like, what if we'd known each other in high school game. And mm. I, every time I play the game, I'm like, yeah, it would have been hard, but we definitely would have been friends. <laughs> I mean, I was a real juvenile delinquent. Yeah, I know, but I think that would have been good for me. Because <laughs> I was so tightly wound back then, you know? I needed somebody who would have, like, pulled me along to have more fun. Um, I mean, I don't recommend to the young people the kind of fun I was having. No, no, but, you know, maybe, like, from a systemic perspective, we might have, like, evened each, evened other, each other out. out. Yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, you could have at least uh, helped me with my homework. I could have, and or I done would it have. For me. I yeah. <laughs> I imagine some of it would have just been me doing it for you, but then I would have had to make sure you know <laughs> so, you knew some things because you'd have to take the exam and pass. <laughs> oh, good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back to Agatha. Yeah. So I, I really I enjoyed Agatha. Like like all the rest of the viewers, I had suspected that, yeah. that Agatha wasn't just another member of the Westview Ton. Um, <clears throat> but she she kind of in that moment where she's in her car, yeah, and Vision comes over. She got me. She got me. I was like, I was wrong. I was wrong. She's just another person in the town. Oh yeah, totally. Catherine Hahn sold me on that scene. She's Catherine Hahn is an excellent mm-hmm. actress. Amazing. Yeah. Totally. Broadway Broadway star. I loved all of her quirky sidekick characters. Yes. Um that I remember from all of my favorite TV shows there is always the wisecracking neighbor and she just she embodied that beautifully. Totally. Um and then when she reveals her secret identity, I lo- I loved that song and it it I mean it wasn't Agatha all along. Like, Agatha was doing a couple of things. Right. <laughs> but she wasn't doing all of the things. No. Which, I mean, is a little bit of a misnomer. Yeah. But they needed it for the song, <laughs> so we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was Agatha some of the time. <laughs> that See, that does not have the ring to it that all along. It doesn't have the ring. <laughs> Yeah, how did uh, how did you feel about about Agatha? I mean, here's the thing: I feel like Agatha and I were always going to be operating at somewhat of a deficit because I don't I don't have the strong love for musical theater that you do. Oh, and I think you and I have talked about this. <laughs> no, I know. I, sorry, I'm not. Listeners at home, it might have sounded like I was surprised that Marissa was saying she didn't like musical theater. But what I was responding to was. You didn't like her because you don't like musical theater? Well, I think that that's part of like the entryway into uh, into an aspect of her character. I think that's like a, mm, a, a doorway sure. in. And I, I needed some more doorways in for me and, and Agatha as Agatha Harkness. Because I know Agatha Harkness a little bit from the comics, and I didn't like her. And that's what I mean, that, like, we were operating at a deficit. Like, I was, like, I I had all, like, those, you know, our brains are very prompt-dependent. We talked about expectations from 
our the, the last episode where we focused on the quad and now we're here at the ton. So I had all these expectations mm-hmm. that I didn't even know were going to get triggered because I didn't know that Agatha was, was Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. Though, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, perhaps parts were hiding that from me. Because <laughs> sure. it's, I mean... As it's quite obvious, her name is Agatha. There's something tricksy about her. That was enough for me to put that well, together. Her name was Agnes. Agnes, that's true. But even so, mm-hmm. yeah, like in retrospect, it feels like I had some manager parts who were showing up um, and helping me not see certain things until un- until they just couldn't anymore. Otherwise, they would have had to induce some sort of psychosis, and my disliking of of Agatha would not merit any kind of parts induced psychosis <laughs> so at any rate agatha and i were at a deficit because i didn't i don't really like the character from the comics and i think a way f- a way in for me would have been if i in fact like musical theater but i don't mm. and so those two things together meant that like you know i think i'm i think i'm neutral on agatha at best um and what allows me to be neutral on her is that i was very worried before I knew that Agnes was going to be Agatha, I was worried that they were going to turn it into the Scarlet Witch being mentally unstable, which is what they do to her over and over and over again in the comic books. Mm. And I really don't like it's very, it's very hysterical woman trophy. Oh, no, thank you. And I and I, I enjoy the House of M comic series, which is what they're pulling from. They're pulling quite a bit mm-hmm. of that in in the television series, Wanda and Vision. Um, but but that that doesn't avoid any of those problematic tropes. It it dives right into them in the comic series. And so I was happy that they avoided that and didn't do it in the TV series. And so that is what allows me to be neutral with Agatha. <laughs> but it's <laughs> not it. enough to get me to like, oh, I really loved this character. Um because they also, like, they don't give you much to go on with her. Like, her whole, like, origin story is, like, shoehorned in there in, like, three minutes. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't enough for me with all of the deficits that I was walking into with this character, if that makes sense. No, that's totally fair. I, I was fine with the very little backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that felt okay to me. Like, could I have used more historical record of agatha sure um but what what made it work for me Mm -hmm. was um and i i told you about this Mm -hmm. off air because i was like totems uh yes (laughs) because once once agatha takes all the power from her coven she goes over to her mother's body and takes her mother's brooch and she wears it all the time um and you know we write in our book and we talk in our practice about the power of totems and we know that the sometimes that word gets flagged as as being um appropriate a, a, a cultural appropriation but um, we're using it for its ancient meaning which is an object of power mm-hmm. right? which is usable in in any in any culture. Um, yes. And that and... often has a transgenerational link to it, right? It is mm-hmm. often passed down, in the case of Agatha Harkness, from Harkness from mother to daughter. No, I wouldn't say that mom was passing it down so much as Agatha was taking it. <laughs> but that, too, is also along very... Along with all the power. Along with all the power. But that also really fits with her and her character and what 
what she was about. Mm-hmm. Right. And like totems help us to remember something. They help mm-hmm. us to bring forward a, a memory or a feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, like I have I have Twin Peaks totems in my office so mm-hmm. I can remember Dale Cooper saying nice things to me. Oh, um, but Agatha has a totem to to remind her of. I'm I'm not sure what this totem means to her. Does it mean I once had a family? Does it mean I was betrayed? Does it mean sure. you know, here is here is the moment at which I became this this powerful entity? I'm not sure, but Maybe there's something about a, a little bit of all. Mm-hmm. Um but she has kept this totem and she wears it every day to remind her of ellipses. Sure. And <laughs> No, yeah, no, she does. And I, and I, I would say for I, me, like the way I fanfic it is that I think she keeps it as a reminder of why she needs to be careful about connection. She doesn't want to get mm-hmm. too connected to anybody because when she did that, she was nearly destroyed. And that it also serves a role of really being emblematic of this is the power that she has now. And this power is so great that she doesn't need any connection with anybody. Yeah, I like that interpretation a lot. And she would and need to I, like have a concrete totem to carry with her to keep reminding her of that because human beings part of how we are built is a desire is is to have a desire to connect. And so she has to work really hard mm-hmm. day in and day out to just keep that on lock. Mhm. Right? And as a being who seems to be immortal-ish. Yes. Um, that's a long time to be alone. You would absolutely need mm-hmm. a totem mm-hmm. to remind you, because jeez, you know the the vampires get tired of being alone. <laughs> they do. That's so true. And in, in no. pretty much every iteration of vampires that we have, they get lonely. Yeah, they t- they try and be alone, but you know, even Louie. <laughs> even louis couldn't stand being alone no he had to have christian slater up there writing his memoirs <laughs> oh uh that's an interview with a vampire reference for anyone who missed that uh <laughs> a film we, we recommend thought... most highly so highly um i mean being mindful that it, it is a product of its time yeah um thus has some wildly problematic elements that we are not endorsing, but would invite you to view from a historical perspective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this, so this taking of the totem, mm-hmm. I thought was such a lovely moment. And I know Agreed. you talked in the last app about, you know, you felt like you, you dipped a spoon into Joseph Campbell's soup of the unconscious and didn't come up with anything. And this, you know, totems so are. Yes food for for the unconscious and mm-hmm. so to to me that that felt like agreed that felt like i got i got some soup mm-hmm. no i i agree there was there was definite soup in there and for whatever reason i always think of the soup being like spaghettios so i'm picturing <laughs> joseph campbell <laughs> on the can holding the soup and it's red with the little spaghettios mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it, it spelled out totem it's, I, I did not picture it that way, but I am now. And I think that's a great and welcome addition. 
any artists who enjoy our show and want to do some mm. some fan art, we would love Joseph Campbell's soup. We would welcome it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pour yourself a bowl or two. <laughs> <laughs> Dip a spoon into the collective unconscious. Uh- <laughs> Fun fact, something that I didn't appreciate until um, I had watched the whole series all the way through and had like done some like thinking about Disney Mm -hmm. is that the like, you know, like the energy beams that they're doing, like Scarlet Mm -hmm. Witch has like the red energy. And I don't know if that spells or telekinesis, but that's what's fun about it. And of course, um, Agatha has hers and they're purple is that, that that style of depicting powers and abilities goes all the way back to Sleeping Beauty for Disney. It does. Yeah. And I love that you can you can follow mm-hmm. it back in that way. I think that's really interesting to see. Yeah, that's really charming. Mhm. I that being said, the CGI of of the witches flying it's not so charming. It, it wasn't great. This was, this was the app where it was like, you, we could have had this on the ground. We could have had this conversation on the ground. And maybe it would have been better. Right. Or on a rooftop so that we can be standing so we're not hovering. I mean, I get, air. I get why they did that in a way because like that's very comic book-esque. People, Absolutely. people who can fly, who have telekinetic abilities, they're always mm-hmm. having conversations in the floaty things. And they're usually surrounded by <laughs> some sort of multicolored, all I can describe it as is telekinetic jelly. As a kid, <laughs> I remember reading that and being like, oh, yes, absolutely, of course, it's telekinetic jelly. Um, as an adult, I look back on that and I'm like, that wasn't intuitive at all. <laughs> Dip in the spoon, come up with jelly. Jelly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it didn't, just, it didn't I, work. <laughs> I had a hard time suspending disbelief because of the CGI stuff. And that's, yes. I mean, that's, that's a very minor critique. I get why they were in the air. But I'm with you. It, it took you because it, it took you out of it. Mm-hmm. It took you out of the moment, and I think, and then you, and 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 then you're out of the moment, and then you're not feeling it as hardcore as you know you and I would have liked to have been feeling it. Right, exactly. I mean, similar with the with the visions. Like I, I was like, oof, I'm not loving. Yeah. That we're having this conversation floating in midair, but now we're talking about the ship of Theseus, and now I'm okay again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Agatha and, and the Scarlet Witch didn't have a ship of Theseus moment. In the same they way. They didn't. They were, just, they were just throwing thought balloons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I, get, I get your critique that we could have had a little bit more rounded information about Agatha. Yeah. I get why they did what they did. Um, it's not, like, it's not a deal breaker for me, but it is, it is why... For me as a person, it just with all my other baggage with that character, I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. And I suppose, and I, I, this is not a strong conviction that I have, um, but I, I know there were some folks who were sort of excited about the idea that maybe the Scarlet Witch would be like a full on villain. Mm, sure. 
um, and that they would really ex- be exploring the darkness within. Mm-hmm. Um, and Agatha undercuts that quite a bit. For sure. I don't have strong feelings about that, but I thought it was worth mm-hmm. mentioning. <laughs> yeah, I I like that we got to have duality. We mm-hmm. got to have nuance. Because if if Scarlet Witch is just straight up evil, like I I don't think that's ever interesting for someone to be straight up evil because <sighs> I don't believe in straight up evil. No. And I guess maybe some people were hoping it would she would totally go straight up evil. I wasn't ever hoping she would go straight yeah. up evil. I was hoping that she would be fully like an archetypal incarnation of the of the mother goddess in like the mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. sense. And the mother goddess really has yeah. a lot of darkness to her. And Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. definitely still has darkness, but they do they do use Agatha to soften it a great deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it it is pretty dark mind controlling an entire town of people. Yes. And keeping their children hidden away and they can only interact with them in a scripted right. way that is for the benefit of Wanda. When when Mama um, Anya runs out and is like, please let me see my daughter. That Yeah, that was yeah. quite brutal. Yeah, please, please just let me hold my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've... We've gotten little nuggets like fake Pietro says something to the effect of like, mm-hmm. oh, look, you brought the kids out for Halloween. Where have you been hiding them? Yeah. And and Vision says, like, why are there no children here? And mm-hmm. so we have these these little hints that like there are children here. Yeah. And they are being held captive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> except for when they are used as puppets. Well, because everyone um, in Westview is a puppet. Right, exactly. Everyone's a puppet. Everybody's a and a meat puppet. Um, I believe yeah. is what Fietro called them. Um, sure, he was an interesting choice. I yeah, I we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Keep going. Um, and yeah, I mean that that's dark. Mm-hmm. I and it it brings to mind something that I said when. I, on one of the other conversations I publicly had about WandaVision recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because this it's in the it's in the zeitgeist. It very much right? is. Is lots of us make poor choices and hurt others when we are hurting. Yes. Yeah. And it's and it's unintentional, it's not malicious. But we are so in our own shit. Mm-hmm. And we are de- and we are just trying to get by from minute to minute. Yeah, that that we are not the fully functional, compassionate beings that we are in other times in our life. When you are grieving a big loss, you're very singularly focused. And for Wanda, her her grief erupted yeah. in ca- chaotic fan fiction. Mm-hmm. That was that was just meant for her. She didn't realize in that moment that she was basically taking an entire town hostage. It it wasn't malicious in the moment, the way it's presented. Sure, yes, no, in the moment, absolutely. Once once it's all settled, though, like she clearly mm-hmm. has an awareness of what she's doing and keeps doing it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I and like that's when it gets real dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but the initial the initial moment, like on a much smaller scale, mm-hmm. like I think about when when I've experienced grief, and sure. you know, we're just a almost exactly two years past um, when my mother died. Yeah. I couldn't show up for anybody else. No, of course I could not. barely remember to feed myself. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I, I needed other people around to... <laughs> my, my surrogate sister Dana was there being like, have you eaten? Yeah. You know? If someone mm-hmm. had needed me... Yeah. I... Luckily, nobody needed me. Um, I, you know, the the fur children were being taken care of by others. Mm-hmm. There were no human children who needed to be taken care of. All I had to do was show up and deal with what was right in front of me. Which and, was a lot and needed all of the very small amounts of energy that you had. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And... And I had had the opportunity yeah. to, you know, in some ways say goodbye. I had had some closure and I still felt that way. Right. And Wanda had this traumatic thing happen, traumatic, sudden loss. Yeah. No chance for closure, no chance to say goodbye. Mm. And just, uh, her trying to just get through. Yeah. I, I get it. Well. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, and as I'm listening to you share all of this, one of the things that I am thinking about is this last year that we've all been mm-hmm. through and are continuing to move through. And the amount of grieving that each of us are doing as part of moving through the pandemic. We're all grieving different mm-hmm. things and in different ways. And I think looking at it from that perspective that you just gave, which is that when you are overwhelmed by grief, you hurt people all the time without meaning to. That really does help to not justify, but it gives context for what mm-hmm. we've been seeing, both in terms of like our clinical work with people, but then like en masse when we try to zoom out and understand some of the different conflicts that are erupting amongst people right now. There's an enormous amount of loss and pain that is just going through everybody individually Mm -hmm. and there's not there's not i mean there's not there's not a large there's not a dana that's what i'm trying to say here like people (laughs) they don't have a dana who's showing up and being like have you eaten they have bills Mm -hmm. bill collectors showing up they have like being laid off of work or they have being asked to like work too much or they have like no one to help them take care of their kids while they're working Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're worried about like how to eat. They don't they don't have the care and the comfort and the real support that they need. None of us have had that this year. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I can't I can't imagine yeah. having had that feeling that I can remember from two years ago mm-hmm. in in this setting. Right. And yet so many have. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think if we get meta for a second, I think that's a huge reason that WandaVision has resonated so much with people. Mm -hmm. Because who hasn't experienced some loss this year? 
whether right. it was the loss of a human being or the mm -hmm. loss of a job or the loss of connection. Yeah. Everybody yeah. lost something yeah. to, to greater and lesser degrees. And, you know, we just had like different versions of the sword unit coming in. And most of the people in the sword <laughs> unit were not helpful. Mostly, no. We had a we had a couple really trying. We did. We had Jimmy Woo and I can't think Darcy. of her. Darcy. Yes, good job, Darcy and Monica and Rambo. Monica Rambo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But those were like three very feisty individuals operating in a larger system that was like not really helping Wanda or the people of Westview. They were just trying to figure out oh. how do we get the goop so we can power our vision bot. Do you know what that makes me think of? No, but I think you're going to tell me. I super am. We are that triumvirate. We therapists have mm -hmm. been for the past year and change. Yeah. Jimmy Woo, Darcy, and Monica Rambo. We have been trying our damnedest mm -hmm. to help the, the, the traumatized. Yeah while the system is telling us that's not what we're here to do. We're here just to get by. Oh, that's a lot to sit with. But it really feels resonant to me. Yeah. Because as someone who's been doing therapy with people this entire time, right? it has felt, and I don't know if you feel this way too but it has felt as though we are fighting some enemy yes as we're like we're trying to help these people and there is this entity getting in the way of us trying to help yeah yeah well and i think about i mean i think doctors are saying a very similar thing teachers are saying a very similar thing mm -hmm. that feeling of trying to help people hold on and move through and being it's not neutral, but feeling like you are being like that there are greater systems working against you at every single turn. Yes. Yes. No. And I know you and I have talked about this a lot, you know, in our, in our private moments together that this year has been, our work has felt hard in a, in a, in a very different way this year. I don't think I have ever talked about retirement to, at the frequency no. or intensity that I have talked about retirement. <laughs> and if I have people who are working with me who are hearing this podcast right now, just know I'm not actually retiring. I'm just naming that, like, this is an example of how hard this year has been that, like, I... Oh, yeah. Yeah. On a regular basis. Mm -hmm. On a regular basis. And, you know, ditto what Larissa just said to my clients who listen. <laughs> like, we are not actively retiring. But it has been a very hard year. And there are days mm -hmm. after seeing a full day of folks who are suffering. Yeah. And, and we don't have available to us many of the coping skills that we usually name yeah. for folks mm -hmm. at the end of that day holding that space yeah you know the just the the 99 of being a therapist is holding the space what we call holding the safe container yep mm -hmm. like that is the 
the one percent is the is the theory and the stuff you actually do but 99 percent is just holding the container oh, that's our that's the telekinetic jelly <laughs> or the or the hex yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. it's been hard to hold that container and you know when we look at wandavision from this lens mm-hmm. when we think about what would any of us do if we had chaotic witch energy yeah. to just fanfic mm. our life to be different? I, I mean, there are absolutely moments in this past year where mm. if I had had that latent power inside of me yeah. and just having that huge emotion unleashed real life fanfic... It could, I could have woken up in the morning in Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, right. And see, here's the thing. Not everybody's going to want to wake up with you in Twin Peaks. No, and I wouldn't have meant it, right? <laughs> no, but it would have happened. I wouldn't have meant it right? in that moment. Mm-hmm. And oh, I lo- oh my, mm. I chef's kiss to us because I love where <laughs> this is headed. Because to me, Twin Peaks has been such a safe place for me. Yes. and. So I would wake up in Twin Peaks and be like, isn't this great? And even as I started to notice that other people, like maybe I, maybe I had control, I, there still might be a part of me that's like, but isn't this so great? Aren't you happier here? Look at all these donuts. Look at Coop. Look, Coop saying nice stuff to us. Do you want to go hang out at the diner? Of course you do. Let's go over to the diner. Yeah. Um. And it would probably take a while before I was like, wait, I'm mind controlling you? You're not here of your own free will? No. You're, you're not all wearing oversized 1980s sweaters and saddle shoes because you want to? Kyle would be like, no, I'm Kyle McLaughlin. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Actual Kyle MacLachlan is stuck there. Yes, I'm, well, because I'm imagining that he, he he somehow like got transfigured into into Coop, right? And so he's like, I do like this well, character right. and I'm enjoying this, but I'm not really Agent Dale Cooper. I am Kyle MacLachlan, and I would like to go home. <laughs> right? Like, actually, I'm not even here. This was your power of the Mind Stone, right? And. You, lots of parts of you probably would be like, no, I don't want you to go home. I want you to stay here. I've been so sad. Everything has been so hard. Mm -hmm. For the first time in months, things feel nice. You can't leave. I can't go back Mm -hmm. to feeling miserable. No, I can't go back to the... Because now that I've been here for a little while and I kind of gave myself over to it, Mm -hmm. when I think about what the real world is, what the canon is... Yeah. That's going to feel worse. Yes. Even worse. Now mm-hmm. that I've had this moment of, you know, this moment of therapeutic fan fiction. Yes. That wasn't used particularly therapeutically. <laughs> well, it was maybe like self care gone awry. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because 
our goal with therapeutic fan fiction is that we are changing our story without harming others. Yes. We are we are mindful that other folks have autonomy. Yes, whereas when you cast the hex, you're you're really taking away other folks' autonomy. That's mm-hmm. literally what you're doing. Yeah. But I through this lens, I get it. I get how it could happen. I do too. I'm really glad you you took us down this road because at 100%. And it's interesting too that you haven't seen Wonder Woman, correct? I have not. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm just going to say this. You can spoil it. For folks who have seen Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman plays with some similar ideas. Hmm. And the way, and this is this was just my feeling as I watched it, and I think I texted you as I was watching the ending, and I was like, this is terrible, and I hate everything. And you were like, wow, you're having a big feeling. I recognize this. <laughs> and my, and I, that feeling has endured. Um, so if, if, if folks at home, if you saw the sequel to Wonder Woman, you were like, oh my god, I love this. Like, of course, in all things, I salute you. I'm sharing with you mm-hmm. what my takeaway was, which was that it felt like 1984 Wonder Woman was was it was doing their version of the hex but then almost like guilting people for using hex power and shaming them is how it felt to me Mm. Mm. and i think that wandavision does a beautiful job of by and large not shaming wanda it still holds her accountable yes but it doesn't say what it doesn't do, which I think that Wonder Woman 1984 does, is it doesn't say, like, what a bad or wrong person you are for wanting to create a world in which Vision would be back. How how wrong of you to want that? Because it's not wrong. Of course she wanted that. And the show does, I think, all the way through a beautiful job of really validating and exploring, like, yeah, that's totally normal. That is so okay that she wants Vision back. It's not okay that she's been mind-controlling bunches of children and keeping them from their parents. (laughs) We're not saying that that's okay. But we are saying that it is very okay and very understandable that she wanted Vision back and she wanted a way to find a life with him. And even we're also saying it's understandable that it was really hard when she realized what she had done. It's understandable that it was hard for her to give that up. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of our 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 moral thermometer is is Monica Rambo. Right. Because she she was both in and outside the hex. And, you know, she's like, no, I the good what an excellent I, use I've of that been. of that phrase, Justine. Moral thermometer. Well done. Thank you. Um, uh, because she's like, yeah, it's of course it's not cool. That Wanda is is mind controlling people, and also I have been under that spell. Yeah, and this is all born of her pain. If we can talk to her, yeah, about her pain, like basically, if we can have an intervention, right, with compassion, yeah, we can let her know she is hurting people because she's currently she's kind of denying that, right. Yeah. You know, she's still in the space of no, they're happy, no, they're safe. Yeah, this is be- what's best for them. So what's best mm-hmm. for me and what's mostly best for them. Right. But, you know, if we send in some bombs to blow her up, 
that's, you know, coming from a therapeutic perspective, if someone is in a place of, of denial, mm-hmm. uh, right. which is, is part of what her, you know, the fanfic Westview is, mm-hmm. um, it, it is not even slightly useful to tell someone who's in denial that they're in denial. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't really work. It also doesn't work if you say to them, you're in denial, you should stop. <laughs> doesn't, no, that doesn't work. That has, that has never, ever helped anyone. No, that's why therapy is an art. Because it's not right. just sitting with someone and really hearing and understanding what's happening and then just like telling it to them. That doesn't work. That's like, you, and you've used it before and here too, this idea of that, growth and change is like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly and as therapists Mm -hmm. our job is to support you while you're cocooning Mm -hmm. if we go right in and cut open that cocoon that doesn't work you go and die Mm -hmm. right yeah and yet that's what i can't even think of what his name was the angry white dude who was in charge of sword oh I, I, angry white dude. Angry white dude. Who's the, director. the director. Call him the director. You call him the director. I mean, that is, I mean, the director is advocating for just going in and, and cutting open the cocoon. And of course, we later learn why he's advocating for that, because he doesn't care about rehabilitating Wanda, nor does he care so much about like the people of Westview. What he really wants is the special vision goo. Mm-hmm. Right. And it does, I mean, it has a lot of, and we, I mean, we're talking today about all these different parallels, but it's really making me think of all of the protesting that is still happening and also specifically the protesting that was happening over the summer mm-hmm. and how we watched both state and federal governments clearly not have a system that was built by Monica Rambos. No, definitely not. No. 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 It was not built by by folks who were moving from a place of compassion. No. It was folks who were moving from a place of of power. Of power and wanting like order and stability and the status quo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank goodness there was a Monica Rambo because and and a Darcy and a Jimmy Woo. That's true. Um, Man, you are really, you are like fanficking me into this world with you, friend. This is amazing. <laughs> but you do it every time. <laughs> nah. Well, because these are the folks who are going to get through to Wanda, who were going to be able to, to hold that therapeutic space and hold up a mirror. Yeah. You know, and Darcy was able to hold space for, for the vision I'm just laughing because I think of like when it, when Wanda hexes them and they turn into the circus and she's in her yeah, circus gear. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually I really enjoy Darcy. I know some some fans don't care much for her, especially you know in in her Thor iteration when what are she people calls upset? Mjolnir, meow meow. Oh, I thought that was quite funny. The- that she's just, you know, that she's kind of just a sidekick, that she doesn't really add anything, oh. um, is some of the, some fans' argument. Interesting. 
See, in this, uh, I want to be careful about how I say this. So let's see how this sounds. Um, mm-hmm. My, like, off-on issue with Darcy is that um, I, I do think that the writing for her pulls a lot from Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And I want a more fully developed character for Darcy. I don't want it to, like, be pulling from, like, recycled stuff that they didn't use for Tony, and so they give for Darcy to say. But now I'm having this, like, low-key... I um, I don't know if it would be a theory, but it's definitely an, a germ of an idea where I'm like, is this part of people's... Pro- is that what people are having a negative reaction to, that it's a woman who is being like Tony Stark as opposed to a man being like Tony Stark? Hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I've you've told me this critique before, and I, I don't get quite as much Stark energy off her, because I feel like her yeah. her snarkiness is her own. But I, I, I respect the critique. I think she could be fleshed out more. I love the actress. Oh. I think she's great. I want them to give her more to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kat Dennings, she and oh, she's a delight. The Jimmy Woo actor should have a buddy cop comedy. <laughs> that would, I would love to see them get some really solid writers writing for them for for them because yes, mm-hmm. I think they could have some real chemistry. I totally agree. Doctor Darcy and Agent Wu, and if they put them in the Bro. new Monica Rambo. I don't know if she's getting her own movie. I don't know if she's just going to be in Captain Marvel mm. 2. But, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that would be lovely. I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that is something that I love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is we do get these side characters who are just so great and are given really good material. And you just, you want more of them. Yeah. Um. And I, I felt like that we really got that with, especially with Jimmy Woo, since I, you know, we hadn't had much Jimmy Woo. <laughs> no, we had not had much Jimmy Woo. Yeah, I just, I'm thinking of, I'm remembering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I watched for mm-hmm. arguably too long. I wouldn't want them to, to take them on an on a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. train. I'd want them to do something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know if I've ever we've ever talked about this. Never watched it. I can't recommend it, so I won't. <laughs> yeah. I like Coulson a lot. I Again, Coulson is one of those side characters in the MCU mm-hmm. who is just a bright spot and fucking delightful. And you always want more Coulson. So I get why we got more Coulson. But... But the thing is, when we got more Coulson, I was like, yeah, but I I wanted to be left wanting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that sums up the struggle with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., at least for me when I watched it. There were some, part, there were some things about it I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. but mostly it was kind of a study in, like, that old writing advice where you, you want to give your readers or your watchers or your listeners what they need rather than what they want. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Monica Rambeau, such a great character. Yes. I love that actress, too. I know I've seen her in something else, but I can't think of what it is right now. But she's great. She was, it was excellent casting. Yeah, she did. I mean, she was so believable as Monica Rambeau and then as uh, 
I can't come up with what her... Geraldine! <laughs> yes, I thought she did a really great job in the same way that I think both Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen do a good job of... Mm -hmm. She, like she shifted her acting to match the tone of those mm -hmm. Dick Van Dyke bewitched eps really well. And she also did that in the, what was it? The seventies ep that she's on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she did great. Um, and yeah, I, I thought they did a very nice job with all the characters in the town. Mm -hmm. Every, everyone who, you know, got a speaking role was believable. Yes. And when when they are out of their mind control you very much see the human underneath and what that human underneath was experiencing and there was a there was a range mm -hmm. you know some were seething with anger some were scared some were sad which that i mean that makes sense yes of there course. wouldn't be just one emotional reaction mm -hmm. And, you know, some some folks were like wondering why the town didn't just, you know, turn the the pitchforks and. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> on her as she's walking through town. And, you know, there's some speculation, like, does she still have some hold over them? But yeah. my, my guess would be everybody's everybody's now in their trauma. Right. Everybody's in shock. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they also know the pain she was in. It's so hard because yeah. they they are traumatized, and also they felt her pain. So it's got to be a very conflicted feeling of mm. she really hurt me. I also know she didn't mean to, but she really hurt me. You know what this is making me think of? Hmm. Cults. Interesting. Oh, mass mind control and the mm -hmm. guru. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And guru worship. And how even when it mm -hmm. starts to come out, the ways that the guru has hurt members of the cult, people don't mm -hmm. all just like get up and flee. Right. Or attack the guru. Or attack the guru. Because as you're giving voice to it, it's this nuanced dynamic that, and this is a shadow side of that old, you know, the rule of marriage and family therapy systems that like the the system is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. That means the system, it has a lot of power. It has a lot of influence over you, the individual. Mm -hmm. It's not so simple as just getting your pitchfork or I guess just like getting your pitchfork and running the other direction to leave and go gather hay elsewhere that really fell apart at the end. But I think you know what I mean. I'm I'm enjoying this especially since I know that you just started watching Shit's Creek and you just saw the David yes. in, in the in the Wheatfield episode. I really loved the way the Amish were like get him away from us. This has been terrible. <laughs> we have we have learned new levels of suffering. <laughs> yeah, like we have been tested. We were afraid we would always be tested. tested. And Johnny Rose is like, wow, isn't it Amish custom to invite us to lunch? And the father's like, sometimes. <laughs> and just holds it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's why I thought we have a more nuanced, just like thought process right now of, of fields. And hey. <laughs> Pitchforks used for their appropriate purpose or just 
being held. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, how, now that we've had this conversation, and the answer might be totally the same, but now that we've had this conversation, how do you feel about the series overall? Um, I mean, how do I feel about the series overall? I feel complicated about it. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I love things about it. I really hated things about it. Um, it, but I think the things that really bothered me about it have, have less to do with the parts of the artistry that I really loved and more to do with how these stories are being manufactured by mm-hmm. whatever sort of corporate conglomerate owns the property. Um, and that's what's hard for me about WandaVision is that like when I when I'm even when I'm trying to approach it from a purely I'm gonna like co-author this narrative, I'm gonna fanfic it, even when I approach it from there, I can I feel like I can still see the evidence of this corporate conglomerate and its impact and what it's trying to get me to do. And so even though I'm like, yeah, the author is dead, yeah, it's like, oh, but I see I see the machinations there and it's and so it's complicated for me. But ultimately Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I watched it and I really enjoyed it and I'm really really glad that Wanda and Vision got their due though it's a complicated due I'm really glad they got that because well I was reading somewhere that like the whole total of the time they actually had together through all the Marvel movies was something like less than 30 minutes oh I believe that right so I'm really glad that we got some more detailed storytelling and we got to spend more time with them and hang out with them because they're such great characters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as we've said, portrayed so well. And I, I very much enjoyed, um, though it was hard to watch, Mm -hmm. um, when Wanda is walking through all of her traumatic experiences that led her to where she is. And we get all this great information. And as someone who deals in therapeutic fan fiction, it was, I mean, you couldn't have written a better thesis for us. I mean, she, she had stories that were meaningful to her from childhood that took, that took her back to a safe place with her family. And she shared She had stories that took her back to this space with her family, and it was sitcoms. And so over time, it was sitcoms she kept returning to. Mm-hmm. And the fact that when she's grieving over Pietro, she is returning to Malcolm in the Middle because she turned to her fandom attachments to support her during her loss. Mm-hmm. And, and then Vision comes to her, and he's, you know, sort of an avatar. <laughs> Um, and she is sharing with him this part of her history and kind of introducing Mm -hmm. her boyfriend to her fandom family. Um, and he says, what, you know, what is grief if not love persevering? Here she is sharing her love with him Mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that that fandom 
fandom attachments were part of that love mm-hmm. like that got, that got me because yeah. that's i mean that's that's the crux of the work that you and i do and there it was yeah. some somebody purposely or unwittingly mm-hmm. gave voice to how how those of us who resonate with stories go back into those stories and look to them for meaning and support during hard times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that I might watch Lord of the Rings when I'm feeling sad. Yeah. Wanda turned to sitcoms. And then she got to live that sitcom. She got to IRL fanfic it with the one other being who she had shared that meaning with, who is still alive. Well, who she had brought back to life. Mm-hmm. Well, and when we lose someone, we can, we continue to hold a part of them inside of us. Oh, in our mind stone. Oh, she got she got to keep having that moment with him, where they're where they're sharing the sitcom together, and we we can do that. Yeah. Oh, and you know this this makes me think of you know I already talked about. We're coming up on two years since my mom passed away. There's stuff I'll watch where I very much feel her presence with me, like her you know, essence. Yeah. Right. This is something mm-hmm. this is something mom and I would have watched together. This is, you know, mind stone version of my mom is with me while I'm watching this. Yeah. And we so often I feel like often when we talk about it, we talk about it as in using external language. Like I felt mm-hmm. like people talk about like I felt there like this person's presence or that was there and it was so real and mm-hmm. um you know like really I want to like recognize religion and spirituality and also say that like I'm not going to cross into that realm right now the realm that I'm really solidly staying mm-hmm. in is the realm of psychology and psychotherapy and that feeling that folks are using external language to describe it is very real it is real inside. Mm-hmm. It's not any less real or powerful. It's different. It's so real. And WandaVision does a really wonderful job of exploring that and showing how true that is. Yeah. So I just, I, I loved it. I, I, I do what I do. I, I fanfic out the parts I don't want to keep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And all I have left is this is this perfect jewel. Um. <laughs> it's one of my most and favorite I, things about you, and I have and I aww. I have many favorite things about you. Oh. <sighs> well, I was bound to start crying. There was no way I was going to get through this, like, two episodes of this and not start crying. But it it is something, like, it is really incredible, Justine, that you're able to do that. It's not something that I really fully knew how to do until I met you. And I'm glad that it resonates with you, because I absolutely know people for for whom it it (laughs) it is not beneficial. Yeah. Or with whom it doesn't resonate. You know, mm-hmm. they the the responses I get is 
that's but that's not real that's not what really happened that's not what you know right very you know very rooted in Mm -hmm. you know how how can you not see this how can you not feel like this is a problem and like i there are some things I I choose not to engage with, and it's not because I'm putting on blinders and pretending it's not yeah. there. It's that, well, that doesn't serve me. And I, there's plenty of hard shit in our lives. Why, why accept the shit that doesn't serve us that we don't have to accept? Yeah, and I think that there's a way to hold both. And I think that I and that's and I learned how to do that because I met you because we're friends and we've yeah i've learned how to how to hold that balance and it wasn't a balance that i knew how to strike until i met you i would fall too often over the over under the critical side of things which i still do and i still like and i but i like being able to have both and have both of that balance and it's just an incredible gift that i feel like you give to me all the time so thank you so welcome and thank you for sharing that so i i would be very curious friends at home what you thought of wandavision what you took away if you know what did we miss yeah uh if anything uh share on our social media would love to hear it Mm -hmm. um we were pretty good this app sticking with wandavision we only strayed a couple times um and as for beautiful gems for folks to take away with them, I, I feel like this episode was littered, positively yes. littered with gems. Over, it, we overflowed the slow cooker. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't, I don't feel like we need to tie that up in a in a perfect little bow. I feel like you. You were on this gem hunt with us, and you were collecting them, putting them in your slow cooker. Yeah. And uh, please take the gems that serve you and leave the rest for others. Beautiful. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat-Dathi, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You are our ship of Theseus. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell us what you're thinking. And the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. We are also available on Stitcher and Spotify, in case you didn't know. Just a reminder that our book, Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, is now available for pre-order from your favorite booksellers. And it is almost out! It will be out on May the 4th, Star Wars Day. You could you could throw a rock and hit our, our release date. So, pre-order, you almost have it. If you try and order it from your favorite bookseller and they don't have it, request it. And once you get your copy, read it. Tell us what you think. Write us a review. It'll be great. Uh, Yeah, but order yourself a copy or two or three and share the news with your social networks. And as always, friends, live live long and and prosper. prosper.